Remember that challenge at the end of the service? Yeah. Remember what the challenge was? Yeah. What was it, Crystal? It was to replace the negative stuff that comes out of our mouths. Speak life. Anybody do good with that? Did anybody remember it all week long? Yeah. Yeah? But it changed things up, didn't it? Made things better when you do that. God's word is true. God's word holds true. Now, we don't need to let go of that just because we're preaching on a new topic this week. Continue to speak life. Continually speak, speak life. This week, we're going to talk about local churches or, or having a strong local church, what it takes and what we're supposed to be doing as the local church. You see, the, the condition of the world is, is bleak. It looks bleak if you watch the news. I don't watch the news, but I hear about it all the time from you all that do watch the news or people at my work that watch the news, and, and it doesn't look good. What's going on there doesn't look good at all. Just in my lifetime, from the 70s, I was born in 74, and you could let your kids go outside and play. And we ran up and down the streets, we rode in the back of trucks, we didn't wear seatbelts, you get what I'm saying? It was a different world just in that much time. In the last 40 years, 41 years, it's a different world in that much time. That much has passed by, and how the world is decaying. Our system is decaying, our government is decaying. And it's because of the lack of strong local churches. Amen. I believe this. It's because of the lack of strong local churches. A lot of people blame it on the government. They blame it on the president. I'm not here to do that today. I'm here to take this, the blame squarely on our shoulders as the local church and what we need to be doing to change this thing up. Reform comes from the pulpit. If it comes from the church. You see, in the 30s through the 50s, maybe even earlier than that, we had a different generation. When they were born, they feared God. Because of the, of the uh, act that happened at the Suzu Street happened, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, and churches were changed around in the early 1900s. So the 30s through 50s, these people were, were growing up, but they were, raising their pe- they were raising their kids in this same type of culture. Around the 60s it came about, and everybody had free love and drugs and whatever they wanted to do. And I think that's where things started changing up at. Yeah. And, the, and the world began to change in the direction that we're going today. The decay started. Right there, I believe. So those people, the older church, the older people that are in the church, they expect to, a lot of times, how do I say this? A lot of times they expect to open the doors and people, all the same God-fearing people from their generation, come marching in here and build the church in that way. Now, the Bible is still true. I'm not saying God's Word is more current than tomorrow's news. The Bible is. But what we have to do, we have to do some different types of outreaches and things. But also, we have to have, the local church has to be biblical. We have to be biblically doing what we're supposed to be doing. Oh, I'm going to be first in Matthew 16, 16 through 18. And right before this, there was a question asked. There was a lot of talk about who Jesus was, right? And Jesus had asked his disciples, who do you say I am? They told him what the world said he was, who they thought he was. And he said, who do you say I am? And 16 says, and Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. I want to give you a definition right there. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Newsflash. It's not his last name. It's not Jesus Christ, like it's Forrest Schreier. It's not Jesus' last name. But Christ means the anointed. Anointed one. Anointed means, let me, get, let me break this down a little even further. Anointed means a special endowment of the Holy Spirit. The power of God. That's where the power of God comes from. It's in his word. It's in his endowment, in the anointing. His, his power comes through to us. Are you following me so far? Yeah. So he is the anointed, the son of the living God. Go on, Cody. 
And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. Now Peter also means rock. But Jesus is not talking about he's going to build his church on Peter. Because you see there's a comma there. It separates the idea. And upon this rock, talking about the word of God, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now what he's talking about there is the church. He's not talking about the Catholics. He's not talking about the Pentecostals. He's not talking about the Protestants. You see, Jesus only built one church. He's talking about the people. The definition of church are the called out. The assembly of believers. So we're the church today. We don't come to church. We bring the church. Yeah. Are you following me? Are you with me? We are the church. I'm the church. You're the church. Yeah. You're the church. We're all the church. We're the assembly. So he's going to build people. Jesus is building people here he's talking about on the rock, yeah. on the word of God, on this power that he has. Amen. Are you following me? On the anointing, yeah. Jesus is going to build people. What are we doing today? Where are we at in this today? What's my role in this, Pastor? Ephesians 19, 23, or, 19, or 1, I'm sorry, Ephesians 1, 19 through 23, says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Or is that word power again? Are you following me? The anointing to us were who believe. The believers, the church again, right? The power that comes with the church, how do we get the power? To us were who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought, or used, wrought means used, which he used in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. So where is Jesus at? Jesus is the right hand of the Father. See now, Jesus' work is already done. When he came and died on the cross, he paid for everything. He already did everything. He put everything into place for his body to play it out after that. Are you following me here? Yeah. He did everything. His work is done. He's seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. 21 says, far above all principality, power, and might and dominion. What's he talking about there? Any kind of evil spirit, anything that's going on here on this earth, even on, not on earth, he's far above all these things. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Jesus is far above everything. You get that? If it has a name, he's far above it. Not a little bit above it. He didn't barely defeat Satan. He's far above these things. And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things of the church. Who's the head over? That's all things of the church. Jesus is the head. Is the head. We are the body. Right. You follow me so far? Does that make sense? Yeah. Jesus is the head, we're the body. Which is the body, the church which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The power flows from the head down. Does that make sense? The power flows from Jesus. God gave the anointing to Jesus. The, the power flows down from there. We're the church. He puts me in place. Not that I'm anyone. I'm just a man. I was the best of really, to be honest with you. He, 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 God will take an addict and people who are all jacked up and probably not a good word to say from here. But he takes some, he takes some pretty messed up people and he places them as pastors and churches. That's what God does. To show that it's not from that man, but it's from him. The power flows from the, from the head down. So picture me as kind of the neck today. So that power flows from Jesus down to the neck and down to the body. The body is you. We're all part of the body. I'm not putting myself above you at all. But power doesn't flow up. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It says it flows from the head. 
The power doesn't flow upward. It doesn't start at the feet and come up. It starts at the head and goes down, does it not? The anointing always starts that way. When they anointed uh, Moses' brother, I can't remember his name right now, Aaron, when they anointed Aaron, it says the anointing ran down his beard and down his body, did it not? So the power flows from the head down and comes from Jesus. So every job that's in this church, everything that's in this church, there's already anointing in it. We've been doing these jobs for the last few weeks. There's already anointing in these things. There's already anointing there. All you have to do is step out into the anointing. The anointing came from heaven. We have to step out of that anointing. Step out into that power. The anointing is the power of God. Do you want the anointing to work in your life? Yeah. Yes. You have to step out of the anointing. First yeah, yeah. Corinthians 12, 11 through 14 says, But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit dividing to every man separately as he will. See that? He says, every man. He puts it out there for every man, not just for the pastor, not just for the pastor's wife, not just for the people in the sound room, not for the Sunday school teachers, but for every man. Everyone has a job here to walk in the anointing. Everyone has something they need to be doing. Go on, Cody. Everyone has something they need to be doing there. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Do you get what he's saying there? Even though we're one body here, there's many of us. There's 40 of us here today, but we're all part of one body. Now, you may think, I don't want that little job over there because, and I'm not saying this just to get to preach the jobs. I'm not using the pulpit for my own agenda. This is what God gave me this week. God gave me to talk about this and teach on this thing. You think my, pink, my pinky toe is not a big deal today, right? I don't even think about it. It's covered by a shoe. And I'm thinking about it all. You're probably not looking at my pinky toe when I'm preaching, are you? You're looking at my pinky toe, Amanda? But guess what happens? If I walk down here and I stuff my pinky toe on this altar, it gets all my attention. All my attention goes immediately to that thing. And I'm going to be looking at that thing. If it's bruised or it's broken or whatever, we'll be looking at it tomorrow even. And my family's even going to know about this thing. Right? So all the parts are equally as important. You all have something to do here, and we're all equally important. You see, God didn't anoint anyone just to come and sit in the chair. He didn't anoint the seats for us to come sit in them. It's not, it's not where the anointing comes from. The anointing comes from you stepping out of what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, for I one spirit, are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles? doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter if you're black, you're white, you're gold, you're green. You can be whatever you want to be. You can be fat, you can be skinny. We're all the same. We're all part of the body. Whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit, we're all drawn by the same Holy Ghost and fire. 14 says, For the body is not one member, but many. There's many of us here, but we're all part of one body, and we're all equally as important. From the person sitting on the back row, is just as important as the pastor. We all have something that we have to step out in. Are you following? Does that make sense? It says he set them in the body. Psalms you think God sets us in there according to his will, right? That's what it says in there. He said every one of us in the body. Psalms, 19, or Psalms 92, 12 through 14. I'm going to go through some scriptures real quick, and then I'm going to get into what, what we're really talking about here. Part, get into my main part of it. Uh, but now I have... That's 1 Corinthians 18. That's 18. But now have God set the many members, every one of them, in the body as he hath pleased him. So God set you here in this church. If you call me your pastor and you call this your church, if you've been coming here for a couple weeks and you're going out telling people, yeah, I go to the Grace Family, he set you in this church. And if this is not your church, you need to go find which church is your church and get involved in it. Don't go there and set the seat either. 
But get involved in it. He set you in this church. And if you're set in this church, that means you have to be able to accept correction. You have to be able to accept what's going on in the church. You see, God puts some of us as pastors over people because he gives us the word that you need to have. That's the pastor's job. That's my only job is to feed the sheep. Is that what not God said to Timothy? Timothy was a young pastor. He had a church of 50,000 people. And he said, Paul said, feed my sheep. That's what Paul told him to do. Feed my sheep. Or God told Peter actually to feed his sheep. He told Timothy to preach the word. But feed his sheep is the main thing Peter wanted to do. So that's, or he wanted Peter to do. Go on to Psalms. I got mixed up a little bit there. Sorry about that, folks. You know what I'm talking about, though, don't you? Psalms 9-2 says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like the cedar of Lebanon. The righteous. Who's righteous? Everyone in here is righteous. You came through the blood of Jesus Christ, right? You know Jesus as your personal Savior? You're righteous. All sins are gone. It says God takes your sins, walls them up, throws them as far as the east is from the west. You're righteous. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Planted. That goes back to the same thing there as being set, right? He set us in the house. We're planted in the house. When you plant a tree, you don't expect that tree to move, right? It's in that spot forever. Whether you take correction, whatever happens along the way of this thing, this tree is planted here forever. It takes root. How many of you know that an oak tree is pretty hard to pull up? Yes, I got a big one in our yard. It's this big around. Come out there and try to pull that baby out today. If you're planted, you're not going to be pulled up. Once you start to grow in this anointing, once you get planted in this anointing in the power of God, and you start to grow in this thing, your faith gets bigger. Things start working in your life. This anointing starts working in your life. Are you following me? How do you expect the anointing to work if you don't step out in it? You might say that this anointing is not working in my life. Things aren't going the way you're preaching, preachers. Things in my life don't look like that, Bible. We have to do some things sometimes. Not that you can earn your salvation. Not that you can earn this thing. But you do have to step out of the anointing. God's already put the anointing there. He's placed it on Jesus. It comes down to the head. Right? It comes down to the pastor into the body. Are you following? Does that make sense? So you have to step out of that anointing and be planted in the house of the Lord. 14 says, They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. That don't mean you have to be on weight washers there. Fat in the Hebrew means rich or fertile. So they're gonna, that's, that's Abraham. You're still rich and you're still fertile in your old age. Not that you're going to have a baby, ladies. I'm, I'm not wishing that on you. But you get what I'm saying here. If you're planted in the anointing of God, if you're planted in that body, if you're doing your... Your deed, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing there, you're going to be fertile even on your old age. You're going to be rich in your old age. Right? 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31 talks about desire. <clears throat> now ye are the body of Christ. Who's he talking to there? We're the body, right? I'm being the head a dead horse, right? But I got to I gotta get this in today. You are the body. We are the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. We're supposed to be building people. Did Jesus say he's not going to build people up? He's going to build up the church. So if he's our example, what should we be doing? We should be building up people. Building up people. Every, every, all the people come here. My mom has a poster back there in the room. There's been 30 kids here in the last few months. 30 of them. Picture that there's 30 people sitting here. There's probably not 30 of us sitting here right now. This many kids have been sitting here, and there's five or six regulars. You get what I'm saying? The church needs to be doing a job. We need to be building those people up. We need to be loving on those people. Now, we're not going to be able to keep all of them, but we can keep some of them if we do what we're supposed to be doing. If we're walking in the anointing, if we're walking in the power of God, they're going to see something different about us. Right. 
they're going to be seeing something different about this church than the last one they went to. Maybe they're church hoppers. Maybe they're not church hoppers. Maybe they're just looking for the right place for their family. Maybe that we're going to have one shot to show them who, who, who Grace Family is, who this body is, that we're different. And God has set some in the churches, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps. You see this word right here, helps? All these other ones are great big powerful things, right? Apostles, prophets, teachers, all these people. Who wouldn't want to be a prophet or apostle or a miracle worker? Would you like to have the power to walk up and lay your hand on someone and heal them? Amen. Everybody wants that power, right? Yeah. Everybody wants yes. that power. You see what he put right in the middle of there? Helps. helps. Governments, diversities. You know what helps means? Helps means when you go out and you drive the van to church in the morning. Helps means if you're pouring Kool-Aid in the back for the kids. Helps means if you're teaching a Sunday school class. Helps means if you're cleaning the church. Helps means if you're mowing the grass. If you're calling someone on correspondence. Any of the other small things that have to be done, they're all just equally as important. Are you getting this? If you pull up to a church and the grass is a foot high, what are you talking about? You've already discounted that church before you got there. You've already discounted that body. Now how are we going to build that person up when they've already discounted it before they got here? Does that make sense to you? Yes. Each person, I'm not saying that to talk down to you or talk negative to you, but we have to take our jobs and take them very, very seriously. Take them very seriously. Souls are at risk here today. We have a job of building people up. We have to be walking in the anointing of Jesus. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Workers of miracles? Uh-uh. Not that either. Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret tongues? That word tongue is not in there, but that's in there for understanding. King James can do it, I can't do a little bit of them. <laughs> but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet shew I unto you a more excellent way. So if you're coveting earnestly the more excellent gifts, you can want to be over there. I can want to prophesy. I can want to speak in tongues. I can want to have the gift of healing. But you know what? Just like Brother Rick said before church, I want a job. Get a job. Tell our kids this, don't we? Get a job. Come to church, get a job. Work diligently in that job. Do your best in that job. It's about where your attitude is with it, too, where your heart is. Now, I'm not getting down on our church. We had a great turnout last week, an awesome turnout. For no more people than this church has, for as young as we are, we had a ton of people show up to sign up for jobs. Yeah. We did, we did. And I wouldn't even be preaching this week if this is not what God gave me. It's not bad to desire a higher job. It's not bad to desire wanting a higher job, but you have to wait till God promotes you. I don't give the promotions. I don't give the promotions. You see, you have to get in, and you got to work in where God puts you at. That's how all of us start out. You start out usually at the bottom. Very seldom do you jump right to the top. Very seldom do you jump right to the to the vice president of a company, right? Very seldom. You usually have to start out somewhere else. You have to get an education. You have to be proven, right? In Acts 6, 1 through 7, and in those days, this is, this is the early church, right? You had the 12 apostles and they were in the early church. And in those days, when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. Imagine this. They had murmuring in their church and complaining. Okay? I'm not saying we have that here. It's awesome that we don't. Because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. The daily, they were distributing food. You see, at this time, they were all the, all the body was bringing in all, their, all of their excess and donating it. So the needy had what they needed. 
And the Bible says to take care of our widows. So they were they had a complaint against them because they weren't doing that. They weren't feeding their widows right. Verse 2 says, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not a better word there would be believers. Then the twelve called the multitude of the believers unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. They're not saying that they're better than that. They're not saying they're too good to that. You see, the disciples did some, they already have been proven. They've done their things, and Jesus had called them out to go do this. Just like God has called me to pastor this church, and not that I'm above cleaning the toilet stool. I've already done it. I've cleaned the toilet, and I'll do it again if you're in your absence. I'll mow the grass if you're not here to mow the grass. You get what I'm saying? But my time could be better served in getting ready to pastor the church and getting ready to preach and pastoring people and reaching out to people. And building people up. This is what God's called me to do. Are you following me? Yeah. I beat the dead horse, babe. A little bit. Go on. A little bit. All right, let's go on. <laughs> Wherefore, brethren, look, look ye out among you, among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. So he's talking about honest report in that, in that there means to be a good witness, to have integrity. We had a good turnout last week, but are our hearts right? Whatever we do, we're doing it unto God. You see, they were calling these men to wait tables. They were calling seven men out who were full of the whole... didn't say they had to be... Uh, they weren't prepared to do this job. didn't say they were anointed to do this job. They were going to be walking under the anointing of the disciples, right? They just had to be willing to do the job. They had to love God. They had to have good integrity. They had to be living right. Their hearts were right. It goes on to say... But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to do the ministry of the word. So they're going to keep on doing their job, but they need someone else to cover this job. Five, and saying, please the, and the saying, please the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, or Stephen, and a man full of faith, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and it names off five other ones there that I can't hardly really read their names. Go ahead. Six. Whom they set before the apostles, and they had prayed and laid their hands on them. You see, these apostles, these were the first people called out to do a job in the church. And what they do? They laid their hands on them. They anointed them. That power came down to them. It came from the head through the apostle. Are you following this here? And they laid hands on them to wait tables. You may think waiting tables is not a big deal, but it's important. It's, it's just as important as the apostles' jobs were. They all had to be done. Yeah. All the jobs have to be done, and they all represent each other. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. They all have to be done. Seven. <clears throat> and the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied <clears throat> in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Who were the priests in that day? They were the religious leaders, right? From the Old Testament. They were religious, though. They weren't about having a relationship with Jesus. They were religion. They were religious. And they started to follow, what they started to follow? They started to be obedient to the faith. They started to be obedient to the acts of the new church, of the New Testament, did they not? Is that not what it says there? What do we have around us a lot of times? And I'm not saying this to talk about churches, but a lot of churches are religious. A lot of them have a religion at the heart of it. And they, they're not about building people up. How many churches do you think God started? Look at, look at what's in churches. And I'm not saying this to step on anybody's church or, or talk about churches, but which ones are preaching healing, faith, love, building people up? Which ones are preaching God's word? Come on. 
preaching God's word. Which one of those you think God started? Does that make sense to you? Am I, am I articulating that right? So even through these things, when the body of Christ comes into line, when the body of Christ starts acting in their anointing, step out of that anointing of whatever task it is that God has you to do. You're not anointed to set your seat. You're anointed to get up and do something. You have to step out of that anointing that flows down from the head. And through that, you'll grow. You'll be proven. You see what happened to these men in verse 8. Go ahead to 8, Cody. Let me show you this one here. Stephen, full of the faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Isn't that what you said you wanted? Power, miracles. Because Stephen stepped out and waited tables. And I believe Stephen did his best at that. His heart was right. His heart was right. And he did it for God. Everything we do, we're doing to God. Everything we do, we're doing to God. Whether it's cutting the grass and you're out here hot and sweaty and you're waving the gnats away from you, whatever it is you're doing, you're doing it unto God. Now, we have a bad attitude about there, but someone might stop by and talk to you about the church. Hey, that lawn looks nice. Let's stop there and talk about that a little bit. If I'm out there with a stinking attitude, what are they going to think about our church? Every part's important. Yeah. Everybody part's important. For Stephen... Work great wonders. If you go to Acts, and we're not going to turn there, I'm just going to tell you real quick what happened to Philip. Acts 8 5. Everybody heard of the Munich in the Bible? The Munich that was out in the desert? He was reading God's word, but he didn't know what he was reading. This same Philip, this same Philip that was there waiting at the tables, doesn't say how long he waited at the tables. How long do I got to do this job, Pastor? Doesn't say how long he did that. God lives, he doesn't have a clock. God doesn't live in time, he lives in eternity. Until he thinks you're right with it, then he'll move you up with that. God gives the God gives the increase. Philip is the one who stopped by the Munich. You know, God sent him a long way around because he was obedient. God sent him by to explain to the Munich what happened, what what the word of God was about, and what happened, what happened to the Munich. Remember, I remember he was saved. In twenty one eight, after Paul was in a shipwreck, they came to a house. Guess whose house it was? Anybody know? Acts twenty one eight. It was Philip's house. Guess who it says Philip's, Philip's job is now? Philip the evangelist, the Bible says. Paul came to Philip the evangelist's house. You know what that means? Philip the evangelist, that means he travels around spreading the word of God. He's a preacher. And in this time right here, I'm sure that Philip the evangelist laid hands on people and they were healed. I'm sure that Philip the evangelist cast demon out of people. Yes. He did all the great works of God. Yes. With all these things being said, I wanted to bring this to you just to show you that it is biblical. And, and the anointing does come from God. It comes from the head down. And it's not just about the church jobs. It's not really. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse on that. I think all of you all have who've done that. It's about our church becoming a vital part of this community. It's about our church walking in the power of God. Walking in the anointing. Because if this small... Let me shut my mouth on that. I cast those words down. If this young church Amen. starts to walk in the anointing of God, we're going to explode. This town is going to change. The churches around us are going to be looking at us. They're going to change. They're going to start holding fast and say, what have they got over there that we don't have? And they're going to start wondering what that is, and they're going to start getting this too. And it's not just about us. If other churches change because of the Word of God and because we start working this Word, you see, the Word is real, and it's true, and it works for everyone who will work it. And if our, if our young church here, if we decide to work this thing, we decide to step out of the anointing, and we decide to start building people up, this town's going to change. The towns around us could change through this. Do you understand that? Everyone has a vital role in this, though. It's not just about me. I cannot do it on my own. I can step out. I can be obedient to God, but you have to be obedient to God, too. That's right. 
and you have to be obedient to God too. Every one of us has to be obedient to God. If we're missing one part on this body, it doesn't work correctly, does it? This week, you know, we have a van. We got a van last week, and that's great. God blessed us with a van. He sold us that van. We got God gave us that van, 400 bucks, and I wasn't even like shopping for it. God had a man call me. I believe God had a man call me and ask if I was interested in buying a van for the church. Amen. And I said, well, I'm not sure we're ready to put money out. I was going in my head. I'd be interested in looking at it. I'd come look at the van. How much you want for it? He said, well, they want six, but I think you can get it for five. Okay. So we went and looked at it and checked it out, and it seemed all good. It's got new tires around it, and everything works on the van. It's an old van. It's not real pretty, but it, it'll serve a purpose, and everything works on it. And I said, now, how much you want for this thing? And the man said, well, the least I'd take for it is 400 bucks. It's all right, man, go ahead and pay the guy. And so we, we took the thing and brought it over here. And, you know, it wasn't ready to go right then. We had to take the thing and get inspected. This is what our, this, this kind of consumed our week a little bit, our evenings. And I'm not complaining. I'm using this for an example. I'm going somewhere with this. The van wasn't ready to go yet. The church is not ready to go quite yet. Now we're working on it. And we're building, and I see so much progress. Well, this morning when we came in here, and you all are coming in on time. Yeah. People are here on time. And people are showing up, and the van's running. There's people getting off the van. You get what I'm saying? The music sounds great. Yes. The lighting's good. The walls are painted. Things are coming together. But we're not, we're not there yet. We have not arrived. We've not arrived. We've got a long way further to go. And every part's important. We all have a job to do here. Uh, so first off, we had to take the van down to Tripoli on Monday and get it inspected. We dropped it off Sunday when we left here. I brought it so we could look at it. You follow me? We went down, picked it up, came up, we brought it up. We found out that the exhaust was loose on it and what have you. So we brought it to uh, Recon. Recon and had the air conditioner charged. And then we had to go back the next day, pick it up. We brought it over here. And my, me and my wife peeled all the stickers off the van in the parking lot. And we worked on that until later on the night. You get what I'm saying? There's steps. And there's processes that have to go on with everything. Then we took it to the sign shop the next day. They put the new, they had to finish getting the glue off because we weren't, we're not signed people and we didn't get all the glue off. And we put some chemical on the van that changed the pinstripe or brighter color red, but it still didn't take the glue off. Anyhow, <laughs> this is not my forte, I'm called to be the pastor, but these are all pastor jobs. Everything that there's no one else there to do, we get to do. Anyhow, so we went on, it went on and went on and we got the, sign, the van back to the sign shop, brought over to set the parking lot. Um, so Brenda goes to get the title, or get the the tag to put on it, and by this time she's sick of this van taking up all of her time all week. She wasn't doing it under the Lord, <laughs> but God checked her. Standing that line, I got to go over here on Friday night now and stand in line and get tagged for this van so that they can go drive it around on Sunday, so that four people will come to the house of God. That's a big thing right there, four people, and that's the start. That's the first day. That's the first day of operation. It's going to grow from there. Soon they're going to be going out and getting people and coming back because 15 won't fit. Yeah. Won't fit at all. But anyhow, she realized God God checked her and gave her some revelation standing in the line. And, you know, this is just one little piece. One little piece of the puzzle. You stand here in line to get these tags. God doesn't tell us everything every every step of the way before we start out. Because when the man asked me if I wanted to buy a van, if I knew it was going to take up every night of the evening, which I should have known, but if I would if I had realized that then. I would have been a lot more standoffish of buying the van and trying to get it running. Are you following me? It's not about the van. Sure. It's not about the van. It's about us. We're, we're here to build people up. Well, we just brought one. Yeah. Just brought one. Yeah, that's yeah. good enough. Yeah. Every step or part is important. It's vital. I talked about my pinky toe already, but let me give you another example. 
my tractor yesterday. All this rain has washed our driveway out. You can see the culvert. I mean, usually there's gravel there, but you can see the metal pipe in the road. And there's ditches where there shouldn't be ditches at. And, and it's not just my driveway, it's the whole gravel road. Well, I went out yesterday and got on my tractor and it fired up, but it, you could hear it popping and it was missing. And I messed with that thing and messed with it and I got it running. Well, I brought it outside and I dropped the blade on the ground. It'd go down the hill, pulling the blade, but when I tried to go back up the hill, I had to raise the blade up and uh, ended up I'd have to push the clutch in and, let it, and hold the brake and let the motor get the RPMs back up, let the clutch out. Go little. Didn't have enough power to pull itself up the hill. It was running, it was doing something, but it didn't have the power. Sometimes churches, a healthy church doesn't have, or an unhealthy church doesn't have the anointing. It didn't have the power to do what it was supposed to be doing. When it, when it got a little rock on that blade, when we were out there building these people up, we didn't have the power to pull it. Are you following me? Does that make yeah. sense? Does that put a picture in your head? So I came up there, and it had one part that wasn't working right. See, when they put the plug wires on there, one of them went down underneath the bracket of the alternator, and that bracket had cut into the insulation on the plug wire, so it was cutting out on that one cylinder. It was missing. Wasn't running at all. I unplugged that one wire. got that one part working. See, all the parts of that tractor are vital. Yeah. Without that one little wire... The big machine can't move. Right. The whole body is hampered by the one little wire. When I got that around there, hey, man, that thing would pull a whole blade full of rock. Then up and down the hill wherever I wanted to go. You get what I'm saying? Yep. The church, there's power. There's anointing in this church. Amen. There's an anointing in this church. And I know you can feel this anointing and you wouldn't be back. Amen. Most of you I've seen before. I think all of you I've seen before. And you wouldn't be back again if there wasn't for the power of God here. That's right. You don't come back for me. You're back for him. That's right. We have to step out into that anointing. Amen. Step out where God's called us to be at. Yes. We need to be building strong local churches. Yes. We've been talking about the anointing of God today in the church. You know, a lot of us pray about things all the time. We're wanting things from God all the time. We're wanting the anointing to flow in our life. We're wanting this to happen or that to happen. Or this person to be healed. Let me ask you this question. How do you expect the anointing to work in your life if you're not stepping out in it? you're not doing what he's called you out to do how can you stand there and expect God to do it for you you just want him to do it for you we need to be stepping out where we're supposed to be stepping out in whatever that is I'm not saying it's one of the jobs on the piece of paper that we have maybe there's some other need in this church we're all parts of this body do we want the anointing to flow here do we want this just to be another humdrum church I want to see the anointing flow I want to see people healed I want to see people's lives changed. I want to see this town radically changed because of the group of people that's in here building up people, taking addicts and taking different people and building them up from the ground up through the anointing, through what God's doing. Not that we're anything, but just stepping out on faith and doing what God tells me to do. Maybe if I don't even know what I'm supposed to do, come to me. If you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, come to me. I'll give you something. I'll find something for you to do. There's jobs. There's things to be done here. There's things to be done here, and they're all equally important. We go ahead and bow our heads at this time. If this is you today, and this spoke to your heart, go see your hands. Thank you for the hands all over the house, almost unanimous. Let's not let this one go today, folks. Thank you for the hands. Let's not let this one go today. God gave me this message for a reason, and I struggled with it. I didn't want to deliver it because I felt like and my wife told me, I've been beating a dead horse here. I've been trying to get people to sign up for these jobs. And I wouldn't <coughs> preach this if he hadn't gave it to me. He, he wanted me to teach on it, I know, and show 
show about the anointing and show how it works and how what we have to do to be a strong local church and to be an example to this community and be a, a cornerstone to this community this church is developing into. But we have something we have to do here today, folks. There's something we've got to do. There's something you have to do. You have to take it seriously when you do these jobs, too. Take it seriously. Do your best. Your level best. Give your best to God. You're doing it unto God. And God sees what you're doing. I may not see it. I may not know. But God sure knows. He knows everything that we do. He knows how our attitude is while we're doing it. We could just go ahead and pray this time. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the correction, Lord. We know that your word is right 100% of the time, Lord. I accept the correction of my life, Father God. Lord, I thank you for giving us your infallible word, Lord, to soften our hearts, Lord, preparing us to receive it, Daddy. Lord, I pray that you would just get this down into us, Father God. Cause this church here, Lord, this body, Lord, these people, Father God, to become the rock in this town, Father God, the one you're talking about, Lord, building your people up around this area, Lord. When Jesus came to an area, Daddy, we know that he came expecting to change people through this word right here, Lord, through the anointing, Father God. People changed, Lord. Areas changed, Lord. The whole villages were transformed, Father. Lord, I pray this on this town today, Father God, on this community, Lord, on this county, Lord, and the surrounding counties, Father God, through your word, Lord, here in this, this body of believers, Lord, I pray that you would plant this seed in us today, Father God. Cause us to be hungry and thirsty for your word, Lord, and these things to spread, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray these things, Daddy. Keep us safe in our travels this week, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray this, Daddy. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for coming out today. Appreciate each and every one of you.